There are people today that do not believe that Jesus will come again in this generation. I believe that he will. I believe that every sign is already presently before us, pointing to the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ coming again for the second time. So the early church taught it, they believed it, and they practiced what they heard. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson dives into our study of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. As Roll explores how the Apostle Paul set himself apart from the world in service to the Lord, we'll get a close-up look at the Lord's call to each of us to dedicate ourselves to Christ. Keep listening to focus on your God-given call to live as an ambassador for the gospel in these last days before Jesus' return. With the lesson, The Believer's Calling, here's Raul Reese in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. As Paul the Apostle was writing to the Corinthians, he's writing to a church that not only was carnal in its motives and its works, but at the same time, Paul the Apostle was a person that loved God with all his heart. And yet he had a heart for the people. He had a heart for the gospel. And God used him to bring this tremendous letter of 1 Corinthians to the people that needed it the most. And that was the Corinthians. To the city of Corinth. And it must have been something else when Paul was there and there was a literal city there. And as you look up into the hill, you see this big hill in back of the city. And this is literally where the prostitutes, 1,000 prostitutes were up on that hill. And every single night, these temple prostitutes would come down to the city. And they would begin to seduce the men in the city to commit adultery and fornication. In the first uh, chapter 1 through 11, we see that the church here, it actually shares with us that the church was very carnal in the things that they did. But then at the same time, in chapters 12 through 16, the first Corinthian church was a church that was a spiritual church. They had a side that was spiritual. And Paul the apostle begins to speak about those spiritual things that God had blessed them with. But let's begin tonight with chapter 1. And let's begin with chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And see the believers, how we are called to be holy before God. He begins this. He says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And so Nanthanes, our brother. Now you notice that first of all, in writing a letter in the first century, they always inserted the first name of the writer. Where we write a letter and we sign our name where? Not at the first, but at the last. At the conclusion of the letter. And here the writer is Paul the Apostle. His name in the Greek means little one. Small person. Now we don't know anything about Paul. Uh, History has some things about Paul. But at the same time they say that he was short. He had a big nose. He was actually going blind. We really don't know for a fact. But at the same time, Paul was an incredible person when they said you looked at him in a physical way. He wasn't very good looking. 
that when he actually preached the gospel, he was powerful. As God used this man by the name of Paul. And I like Paul because Paul says that his ministry, that is actually his ministry is a calling of God. It's not a job. And that's one most beautiful thing about the ministry. That the ministry is right where God calls you to minister. You can be a banker. You can be a janitor. You can be a student. It doesn't mean that I have to become a pastor or an elder or a deacon or the church has to pay me to do what God has called me to do. It doesn't work that way. God calls every one of us into the ministry. Paul the Apostle was called into the ministry. And you notice what he says here. He was called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Through the will of God. It wasn't his calling of himself. God called him divinely. As he called you, as he called me. Now, it is interesting that when you read the original Greek language... The word to be is not there. That was added in your Bibles by the translators. So you've got to put a line through it if you want to. It should read like this. Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And what is the will of God in my life? Well, first of all, the will of God is what? That every person should be saved. That's the will of God. God is not willing that any person should ever perish, but every person should come to the place of repentance, to know God intimately. God reached down from all eternity and came down in the flesh, notice, in flesh, and became what? Incarnate in flesh and gave his life so that the people of this world would have a relationship and communion with Jesus Christ, his son, out of all eternity. God, man is not reaching for God. God reached down to men. Notice this. God reached down to men by sending His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. And then He says that He was called to be an apostle. Are there apostles today? Well, not really. The word apostle is a very interesting word. Apostolos in the Greek. And literally it means a called out one. A called out one. Whatever God has called you to be. That's what you have to fulfill in life. And the thing that God has called us to be. As he will tell you in a moment. By the will of God. Is he called us to be sanctified. Separated to God. To be holy. And it's really cool because as you think of the calling of God in my life. And how Paul sets himself up here as a writer. And he's writing and he's writing concerning the perfect will of God in his life. And in the life of every believer that God had called me to be an apostle. One, to be get ready and to be instructed and to be fed the word of God. And as I sit and I am instructed the word of God. Then as I am ready with the word of God. I am not to stay here but I am what? To be sent out. That's our mission. Every one of us. To be sent out to the mission field. Where it can be in your neighborhood. It can be in your schools. It can be in your job. It can be any place where God leads you to share with people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. An apostle. A called out one of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And then he talks about St. Anthony's, our brother. 
Now it's interesting that this young man here, in Acts 18.17, at the time that Paul went to the first time to Corinth, he was an enemy of the cross. He was an enemy against Paul. But somehow the message that was preached by Paul the Apostle, eventually reached the heart of Sedanthanes, and he got saved. And now he becomes a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ with Paul the Apostle. Which, it's a beautiful case with so many of us here tonight. At one time we were enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ, but through the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ, the message got to our hearts, and the Holy Spirit brought conviction to my life. And I became a Christian. And instead of being not separated from the church of Jesus Christ. Now I am gathered together with hundreds and thousands of brothers in the Lord. It is so good to be part of the body of Jesus Christ. Which is not a building. But there are people in the body of Christ. You and I are the church of Jesus Christ. Verse 2. He says to the church. Ecclesialia or literally the called out ones. Of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints, with all who are in every place, called on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Notice that Paul is writing to the Corinthians in the city of Corinth, which the city of Corinth was the center of commerce in Greece. Very short little place. But this was the happening place. This would be like Hollywood. This is where everybody came to the clubs. Everybody came to see the theaters. Everybody came to have a good time. To eat and drink and party and fornicate. This was the place. At that particular time. They came from everywhere. From Asia Minor. They came to Greece. They came to Corinth. To have a good time. And yet here God sends Paul to one of the worst cities of all to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 2 again, he says to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those, speaking of who? The Christians that are there, who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. You notice that every time Paul the apostle writes, he writes in Christ Jesus. Why? Because that's our position in Christ. Paul the Apostle in the book of Ephesians, in the first three chapters, he tells you, now you know what we are in Jesus Christ. And in the last three chapters, he tells you, now that you know who you are as a child of God, this is now what you're supposed to be doing as a child of God. And so Paul makes us secure in Christ. They were not outside of Christ. We are, my position is, in Christ Jesus. I'm not out of Christ. I'm in Christ. But at the same time as I am in Christ, notice that I am sanctified or literally set apart or hagios. And this is a very interesting word in the Greek. It would be the term used of something uh, like say a, a vessel that is in the temple that is consecrated for the only use for God in God's service. That's what you and I are. We are vessels of honor. Sanctified, set apart for what? For the kingdom of God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We can point you to a wide range of resources to help you grow in your knowledge of the Lord. And be sure to ask us about Rawls' CD series with Wisdom for Walking in Righteousness. Now let's return to the final part of today's teaching, The Believer's Calling. And also notice what he says, secondly, to be called saints. And this is so cool, because you can call me St. Raul. And I can call you saying whatever your name may be. And legitimately, we can be saints. It's not only in the Catholic Church. Legitimately, we are saints. Why? Because saints are not dead. We are alive. And all it means is that God has called me To be not only sanctified or set apart for Jesus Christ, but God has called me to be what? A saint or one that is holy, set apart for Jesus Christ. With all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and, notice, ours. I love that. How Paul the Apostle lets us know not only who we are, but what we are, and at the same time, he gathers together every child of God in every place that are called in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. I love that. That's what we are in Christ. And then I love this, verse 3, the greeting, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice how beautiful this is, because in the greeting, Paul the Apostle wants you and I to understand that before you can ever have... Now, what does the world world look for all the time for? They look for peace. But no one can ever, ever have peace unless, first of all, you find the grace of God. Notice that. That the grace of God is first before peace. And the word grace here is uh, it's actually a Greek term called charis or unmerited favor. Something that we don't deserve but that God has given to us. It's actually literally it's a word of beauty. The beauty of giving. The beauty of giving. Or the beauty of giving unmerited favor to someone that doesn't deserve it. That's you and me as sinners. God's grace. God's love, God's mercies, given to you and me. Because we deserve hell, and yet, because of Jesus Christ coming and dying and rising and sitting at the right hand of the Father, has made it possible for you and me, through repentance, by being born again of the Holy Spirit, to receive God's divine grace on our lives. The grace of God. The unmerited favor that we cannot work for, it is given to us freely by Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. And then, as I receive this beautiful grace of God, then the peace of God, shalom in the Hebrew. Peace of God that passes all understanding. And where does this peace come from? It comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, this is not His first and middle and last name. Okay? (laughs) A lot of people get confused about that. No, the word Lord is a title that He's using here. Kurias. It speaks of Lordship. And then when He uses the name Jesus, this is literally the name that was given to Him, which means Jehoshua, 
which means God is my salvation. And then, of course, the Christ is what? It speaks of His anointing, the anointed one of God. You see? Here is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one that came to die for our sins, to become the Savior of the world, but at the same time to become the anointed one of God and the one that wants to become what? Lord of my life. Or I submit everything to Him. All of my life is in submission to Jesus Christ. And then Paul says, I thank my God always. He gets a little prayer here. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. Notice that he cannot get away from the grace of God. We need every little bit of grace God can give us. And Paul realizes that. And I love it because as Paul is praying, what is the first thing you see in his prayer? Thanksgiving. He's not asking for anything. He's thanking God. Thanking God for everything that he's done. And notice that he says, I thank my God always concerning you. He's not even thanking God for himself, but for others. Paul was a very giving person, not a selfish person. A man that is always thinking about himself last, but everybody else first. That's a good concept that Paul had in his own life concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul was a man of prayer, and so must we be men and women and young people of prayer. Praying that God be thanks that the grace of God which has been given to each one of us by Jesus Christ himself. And then check this out, verse 5. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. Now, how many times you feel like you're a Christian, but you really don't have anything as a Christian? You feel like you're a poor Christian. Do you know what he's realized? What he's saying here? He's saying that we are so rich in spiritual things that nobody else possesses but we as the children of the light. He says you don't really lack anything in your life. God has given you and made you rich in everything by Jesus Christ. Notice in all utterance or in the word of God and in all knowledge. Why does he say that? Because he was dealing with Greeks and Greeks were philosophers. You see? And it's pretty interesting because Paul says here, look, even though there's a lot of philosophers in Corinth and there's a lot of college graduates... And there's a lot of intellectuality going on here. Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, he says, you know more than any professor in any university. Why? Because God has given you his knowledge and his wisdom. It's a supernatural wisdom. It's not of this world. He's going to tell you in a moment why. So here Paul is building up his case in the book of Corinthians. Then check this out, what he says again. Verse 6. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Notice again, he talks about the testimony of Christ being confirmed in my life, in their life. We have a testimony, you see. It doesn't have to be a drastic testimony. The testimony is what? That Jesus Christ saved me. I am a child of the light now. I'm no longer walking in darkness. 
And Paul is starting his letter out as if he's speaking to spiritual people when yet they're carnal people. But what does he do? He's telling you what God thinks of the church and what God thinks of you individually. How much God loves the church and how much God loves the saints that have been sanctified in Jesus Christ. And then he says again in verse 6, Even as the testimony of Jesus Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting. Here he says that because God has blessed us so much, we should never feel that we are coming short in any charisma. The word gifter in the Greek. Charisma. In any charisma that God has given to each one of us. Why? Because we are eagerly doing what? Waiting patiently for the unveiling or the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. You notice that Paul was waiting for the coming of the Lord. And he proclaims it. Not at the end of the letter. At the beginning of the letter. The early church was constantly looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. I believe that studying the coming of the Lord and believing in the coming of Jesus Christ will keep you, in the next verse, will keep you blameless until the day that Jesus Christ comes again. It gives you hope for the future. But if you're not really looking for the coming of the Lord, and you don't believe in the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ coming again to the earth, then you're going to be lost in the world. You're going to be lost in philosophy and wisdom and knowledge of this world. And you're going to get so involved with the world and the things of the world that you'll become just like a Corinthians carnal instead of being a spiritual person. We have to be careful of that. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And yet there are people today that do not believe that Jesus will come again in this generation. I believe that He will. I believe that every sign is already presently before us. Pointing to the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ coming again for the second time. So the early church taught it, they believed it, and they practiced what they heard concerning the coming of the Lord. Then he says... Again, notice, expecting the Lord to come, verse 8. Who will also confirm to you, to the end, that you may be, and here should be our attitude in our life. Notice, that we may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word here that is used in the Greek literally means without spot. You say, how can we do that? We can't. We sin daily. But he's talking about being true to the word of God. He's talking about your commitment to Jesus Christ. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is going to come again? Then if you believe that, then you're going to live a different life. You see? You're not going to be persuaded. You're not going to be swayed away by the things of the world and the things that people are doing today. Why? Because my hope is in Jesus Christ. And I know that I'm only here temporarily. And the Lord is going to come. And when He comes, at the shadow of the trumpet, I'm going to be taken to heaven. And I'm going to be with Jesus Christ forever and ever. But at the same time, we notice that when Jesus Christ comes, He wants to find you blameless. That is here concerning our position in Christ. Because we know that we all fall short. But at the same time, how can I become blameless? 
And that is being true to the word of God and daily repenting of my sins and being obedient through faith in Jesus Christ to the word of God. That's how I become blameless. And I'm ready every day for Jesus Christ to come again to take me home. We hope you've been inspired today by the Apostle Paul's example of humble servitude for the sake of the gospel. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Because of the limits of broadcast time, we weren't able to bring you everything that Raul taught, but you can get the complete copy of today's lesson for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for The Believer's Calling. As you think about the ways you can step out in faith to point other people to Jesus, we'd like to tell you about a helpful audio pack titled Walking Righteously. It's a four-CD series from Rawl that explores more of what it looks like to glorify God as a living witness of His holiness and mercy. If you'd like to be used by the Lord in mighty ways for the building of His kingdom, don't wait. Visit us online at somebodylivesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to purchase Rawls' motivational audio pack titled Walking Righteously. We'll send you this four-message collection for a gift of just $19 or more. The number again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, the mailing address is Somebody Lives You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are blessed to have you as a partner in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and we want to thank you for your generous donations. Join us next time as we continue this study of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. We'll see that while it's easy to get caught up into divisive disputes with our fellow believers, we need to guard against any discord that can hamper God's work in our lives. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.